0: Hockey Mountain High, your go-to avalanche podcast, presented by Superbook Sports and Total Beverage in Thornton and Westminster. J.J. Jerez, Araf Dean, both of Mile High Sports, of course, and Peter Baugh of The Athletic joining us. Um, Happy International Hangover Day, of course, to everyone, aka Happy New Year. Uh, We got lots of abs hockey to get into. Um, Of course, today is New Year's Day, the night after the 6-2 loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs, and then... We're gonna get into that a little bit. We're gonna get some trivia at the end of the day and wrap up 2022 with a nice podcast bow for you. So, um, before we get to that, Arif, Peter, how you guys doing? No, no hangovers, I presume. No, well, I'm probably better
1: hurts. than I'm better than Arif because I'm not a Michigan fan. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. You're, you're but better. I'm worse than Arif because I'm a Mizzou fan. So, uh, <laughs> you probably had a drink, so you're probably feeling a little bit worse than I did. I don't really get too hungover, so I, I'm good there. Um, and I guess I'm not. Mizzou basketball, I'm not really a huge Mizzou football fan, but Mizzou basketball's off to a good start. So we're we're feeling good about that.
2: Love that because Michigan football had a, I mean, other than yesterday, a good season. Michigan basketball this year sucks. It yeah. looks so bad. So I don't know what's happening there. Uh but other than that, I'm good. I mean, I'm 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 happy to have my regular podcast host back because I was I was bullied last podcast into doing this like weird snake draft thing and made a complete ass of myself and uh, (laughs) people have not let me hear the end of it and uh i'm just oh the
1: results by the way for those wondering it's uh team peter won that draft
2: see i said before we started i have to i have to make my case i said before we started i don't want the number one pick because i don't want to be the one to pick between eight and 29 i'd just take the other guy but it hit me as soon as we finished the avalanche have a ton of D depth right now. Like you can roll out EJ and Manson on one of those snake draft teams or not EJ and Manson, Gerard and Manson, which is like the third pair and still have a good team, but they don't have the forward depth, nor do they have the goaltending depth past the top two goalies that they do on defense. And my dumbass took two defensemen in the top three picks. So yeah, tough, tough stuff there. (laughs) Not looking good, but you know what? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm happy to put that past me. I'm going to put that in 2022 and uh, start fresh this year.
0: Seems like we all kind of like uh, laughing at your misery. Yesterday at the game, I'd never seen you so upset after that Michigan <sighs> loss. And then Arif going to Twitter or Peter going to Twitter with uh, who has the best team when it was kind of obvious. Peter just kind of rubbing it in your face there. By <laughs> well, they, to they told
1: me it. to post it. They wanted <laughs> me to. <laughs> I
2: wanted to see if anybody was going to be stupid enough to take the McCarr and Byram team um, with Eustace Ananen in goal. <laughs> but uh, I kind of figured the the shining light of that top line that Peter had. What was it? Lekkinen, Landeskog, and McKinnon?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
2: No match. No match. I mean, Evan – or uh, did I just say Evan? Uh, Brennan had Evan Rodriguez and uh, Andrew Cogliano on his line, and I had Alex Newhook and JT Comfer. So it was cool no match.
0: Bennett did. Who did I say? Brennan. Brennan. Brennan,
2: Bennett. There's too many names. Bennett had <laughs> Evan Rodriguez. <laughs> too
0: many names. All right. Let's just get into talking hockey Erif before you uh mess some more of this podcast mm. up. abs have gone oh two and one since the since the break, of course. Um, just not looking like themselves. I mean, we we're all three of us in that dressing room after the loss. Everybody just kind of upset, not too down on themselves, but just just overall angry right a little disappointed with the results so i guess what would you guys point as the glaring issue or reason right now as to the to the losses and the the struggling out of the christmas break here
1: um well i i think it feels like a cop-out and people are probably tired of this but at this point like injuries are a huge factor with this team bednar only wants to roll three lines right now um like you have McDermott and and McDonald getting max, like they got a couple extra minutes last night, but they came in when the game was well the, ga- the out game's, of game's out of reach. Yeah, yeah. I mean they're they're both playing like two and a half minutes a night on a, in close games. You have um, you don't have the scoring depth that uh, they did last year, so I, I think you're you're feeling the effects of all of that with the injuries. There's a trickle down effect of that, and then in terms of on ice play, you're reintegrating Nathan McKinnon, and Nathan McKinnon is a player that without a doubt makes the avalanche better. But I do think there is a a kind of a reacclimation period when a player like that comes into the lineup, who is so, uh, who wants the puck on his stick so much, who's so assertive, um, especially on the power play. So that takes a little bit of time. Um, And then I think the goaltending hasn't been good the last few days. I don't think that's like a, a major area of concern, but I think if you're looking at the difference between last night's game, Toronto outplayed the Avs, but that was, I guess it made all the more clear by the difference in goaltending. Matt Murray had had a really solid game. Georgiev lets in one soft goal, and say he he's able to make a nice save that, that like a like say Murray allows the the breakaway goal to Lekkinen that he stopped, and then and then um, Georgiev makes the one save on the puck that he just didn't see from distance, and makes one other good save then it's a whole different ball game. And it's, yeah, so I, I think those are the the main things that jump to mind.
2: The big thing for me, it's and it's obviously related to the injuries, uh, it's the fact that every game has been close. And that's the problem. The problem is that game against the LA Kings, they had a four to two lead. You score early in the third period, you get a five to two lead. You can finally start to rest the Mikos and the JTs and the Kales and the Evans and the guys that are playing so many damn minutes. I think I got all their first names right there. Look at me, <laughs> uh, but that's, that's not what they've been able to do. I mean, it's the fact that, you know, JJ and I talked about this last week. I think we talked about this with the podcast with Bennett the other day at family sports. It's, The fact that they had to in that winning streak kind of shift to like this more muck and grind type of game and and win the two to ones and the one nothing shootouts and all these overtime games just basically is leading to a ton of minutes for Miko, a ton of minutes for Kale, a ton of minutes for all these guys where you're just not having that chance like you did last year. And I mentioned it yesterday to you, Peter, that, you know, the LA Kings, the last time they were at Ball Arena before that game the other day when they beat the Avs. Colorado had a nine to two lead in the third period with eight minutes left. And I know nine goals is kind of crazy. That's not what I'm expecting, but they had a nine to two lead with eight minutes left. The crowd was chanting. We want 10 and Jared Bednar's rolling out his third and fourth liners on the power play, resting kale, resting Miko, resting Nate, resting Nas and letting all these other guys get their minutes up. And then having the game end where I looked at the stat sheet a couple days ago, I think Miko or Nate played like 16 minutes. I think Kadri played like 14. Like you were able to let your top guys rest because the game was so out of reach that you don't have to overplay your top guys. The problem is I... uh, is it the Columbus games? I can't remember the last time the Avalanche had a crazy wild lead where they could do that, where you can play, and no disrespect to him, he's he's way in the doghouse. Alex Newhook can play 21 minutes, and, and Miko can play 17. Like, they're not having those chances to do that because every game is close, every game is right down to the wire, or you're playing catch-up hockey like yesterday where Devon Caves, 24-34, Kale McCart, 25 minutes, Miko Rantanen, uh, only 20 minutes but that's what you said about you know eventually getting those other guys and sam gerard 23 evan rodriguez i don't think he expected to play 22 minutes a night when he signed that contract here there's just some crazy time on ice for a lot of these top guys obviously mckinnon aside because he's getting reacclimated, where they're tired they're exhausted and 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 for the goalie eight consecutive starts he's starting to show his signs of fatigue and weakness and and That's the exact thing you didn't want to happen with this team. You wanted to find a way to weather the storm without having it get to this point, because this is what happened to the Golden Knights last year. And this is why Golden Knights were Vegas was hanging around the entire time. And then like February, March, April came in. It was like falling, 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 and then missed.
0: Yeah, I mean, all of this really stems out of the first period, right? I I know Jared Bednar last night said that he liked the first period out of the Avalanche, but they still went down two nothing and got out of it two one. And and I mean, they've just been starting every single game off so slowly that they're digging themselves a hole and hoping to get back into it. I mean, I think they got to figure that out first and foremost. But um, you know, as far as the goaltending, it seems like it seems like Georgiev. I, I don't want to, I don't remember a goaltender that's as streaky as him. It seems to be right. He's putting together awesome streaks of games and then he puts together kind of slow ones and then another awesome streak and then another slow. one. he's almost the Andre Burakovsky of goalies. I, that, that's what I did. I was hesitant to say, but I don't know. It kind of seems to be fitting. Um, but yeah, a couple, couple just issues like that. And then, you know, having to break up a line that's working with the uh, O'Connor Cagliano comfort line just to try to figure some stuff out while while you're navigating these injuries still. I mean, a a lot of issues that they're trying to figure out and just not the avalanche that we're used to, not, not the avalanche we expect because they're just simply not the bodies out there.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I I think that you're also seeing that they really only have like one, maybe two lines that can score right now. I mean, JT comfort has been great. And I think last night he was on the ice for, for two of, uh, for both the goals. Um, but that's still like, like they really they're relying on pretty much the top line and then whatever line confers on. I know Cogliano got one the other day, but it's, it's been a, a real struggle for this team to score score goals, which is not something we've said about the avalanche for quite a few years now. Um, and, and that's why these games are close. That's why, I mean, I, I think that was one of the big, differences between the teams last night was was finishing ability and you can look at like the fancy stats of expected goals and stuff that say that the Avs were had more expected goals at five on five than the Leafs last night and that might honestly be true but the Leafs have elite finishers the Avs right now other than a couple players do not I mean Dennis Malgin had some great chances he didn't finish them and he played well like I'm not trashing him but he played he played well, but couldn't finish. Arturi Lachanen had a breakaway, couldn't finish. Miko Rantanen, who is good at finishing, had a partial breakaway, didn't finish. Like, it, it's it's those things that add up, I think, um, in a game. And it, that's where you see the difference between uh, the Maple Leafs are an elite team. And the Avs, right now, this iteration, are not. I still think they can get there. I would still bet on them getting there as long as their guys are back. Uh, but right now, they're not an elite team.
0: I look back to last year and just remember how big of a a part of the offense the defense was, right? The defense was chipping in and the defensive production was at at an insane clip right now. And I I look right now and outside of Devontae's and Kale McCarr, nobody really chipping in much to speak of um, on the defensive side. So defensive scoring an issue or is that something that's just going to trickle in as the season continues here?
2: I love that you mentioned that because uh, I asked Jared about that the other day. I think uh, family sports. Yeah, I think it was at family sports. Peter, you were there. Yes, yeah, it was Friday. before before we did the podcast. Yeah, and then because I am writing a story on that, the, the lack of offense from the defense, and you know, not to get too far into the details because I want people to read the story. Um, but I put together some stats before the L.A. Kings game, which I believe Kale McCarr scored in that game because that was the game where he had the sick period. Um, And then last night against Toronto, Devontae scored a very lucky goal, kind of bouncy puck. But before the L.A. game, I put together some stats and the Avalanches defense were putting up up until that game 10.67 shots per game. They had 16 goals scoring on 4% of their shots. Last season, the Avalanche's defense put up 10.27 shots per game. So they're actually shooting the puck more this year. They had 64 goals in the 82 games, 7.6% shooting. So their shooting percentage has dropped nearly half. And obviously, Devontae's last year, uh, last night was his third goal. Kale is not scoring at a 28 goal pace like he was a year ago. I want to say Eric Johnson had eight of them last year and doesn't have any this year. Bowen Byram's kind of a wash because he didn't play a lot of games last year and he only had, you know, a handful of goals and he's got two so far. Sam Gerard's taken a little bit of a dip. Taves obviously only having three is a big dip. Um, I don't know what it is about that D scoring but the fact that, and I know Raj over at Altitude keeps tweeting out the fact that all of the guys that are coming into the lineup have a combined 11 points. You know, the Couts, the Foodies, the Hudons, and all of those you know, extra pieces that shouldn't be playing, they have a combined 11 points in like 100 and something combined games or whatever it was. Um, that's the other issue. It's your top guys, a lot of them are out. The ones that are in are trying to carry the weight, which goes back to the time on ice thing. Your forwards that are entering the lineup, you're not having any of those, you know, kind of like the Pittsburgh Penguins when they used to make the joke of they can put anybody in the lineup named Buzz Flibbit and they'll come in and score goals for you. That's not happening either. And then your defense scoring is dropping. So now it's literally Mikko Rantanen scoring a ton of goals. Landeskog is injured. McKinnon has been injured for the last eight games before yesterday. Val Nichushkin came back for eight games, had four assists, hasn't scored since October 25th against the Rangers. So those are three of your forwards. And you just, you're kind of up in arms over who's going to score goals for this team.
1: Well, and I think that with the forward play and the lack of goal scoring ability with the forwards leads to why you see that defenseman shooting percentage be so much lower i mean teams can kind of sell out a little more on not giving kale mccarr as good of shots because they know if dennis Malgin is open like that's not the same thing as having andre burakovsky open they can they can shade a little more towards so maybe McCarr's rushing a shot maybe gerard is rushing a shot because there just aren't that many threats on the ice right now um again i don't know if that's a permanent problem i'm not like my concern level for the avalanche for me there are two questions that i think have they have to answer uh, one is will they ever be healthy go or will they be healthy going into the playoffs and two will they make the playoffs i think they're going to make the playoffs i don't think that's going to be a problem um i think that and then it just comes down to if their guys are are ready to play and And if that like ready to play, not like play ready to play well and all that, I'm saying like physically capable of playing hockey games. And if they are like, I still think this team has a, has a good shot. Yeah. I I think you look at like Tampa last year, they were the, they were the road team. They, they, they were the lower seed in every series they played in the playoffs and were um, two, two wins away from a cup final, a few bounces away from going to a game seven. Like it's, it's 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 something that I'm curious how these injuries will play out, and I'm curious if they'll ever get to a point where they make a move, they bring some people in to, to take the load off these guys. And I think it's also worth pointing out that one difference between Vegas is some of the guys Vegas had to lean on last year to play a lot of minutes, are they were older than a lot of these Colorado yes, players. 100%. These are like Kale yeah. McCarr, I think – there's definitely some wear and tear on his body and he's, but played- it's not
2: Petrangelo. No, 100%. Yeah.
1: yeah. McCarr, like kale McCarr is in a place in his career where he can play. Maybe you don't want him playing. I think he's playing like 27-30 right now or yeah. something. And you might not want him playing that much, but like, he's very capable of playing 26 minutes a night and being fine. Like Nathan McKinnon is one of the most well-conditioned players in the league. Um, I think you have a guy like JT Comfer who's, who's kind of relishing this opportunity at more ice time and Evan Rodriguez is probably the same way. Um, so I, I, I think that that I'm curious if there will be long-term impacts of that. And honestly, we probably won't know with any certainty until three months from now when we see if they're starting to really kind of tailspin.
2: Yeah. And, and that's the biggest thing. These guys are a lot younger, so it is a little bit different from Vegas, but, um, Look, going into the season, we knew that replacing Burakovsky and Kadri with Evan Rodriguez is ultimately the big switch they had on the forward core. We knew that they were going to lose goals for that, but it's even more encapsulated by all these other things. The fact that Landis Gog hasn't played, Natrushkin seven goals in seven games to start the year, nothing since. I just, you know, I went through the whole spiel of all the things that are lacking goal scoring, and that's what's making missing guys like Kadri and Burakovsky even more of an issue, where, like you said, um, I i i see this every year with the nhl once you get past that holiday freeze which do you know when that ends is that tomorrow or today
1: hasn't it ended
2: i think it ended yeah i think it may have ended the 31st whatever the the holiday freeze around christmas i think it's like five or six days once that holiday freeze ends it's you know we're we're two months away from the trade deadline march 3rd um and you start to see things pick up now yeah so how soon the Avalanche make another move. And they've already made one for Dennis Malgin, but that's not that's a guy that is a fringe maybe is in your top 12 forward group when you're fully healthy. How soon the Avalanche make a trade for someone who is a for sure gonna play guy is going to tell you where their level of panic is.
1: But they also like they don't have a ton of flexibility. The cap is like a really big issue right now for this. The cap team. is a
2: really big issue, but look, for for years and and this is this is such a cop out answer by me. But for years I've seen teams with cap issues find a way to do things. Sure. And, and this, is smart,
1: things. this is a smart this is a smart front office. Yeah. But I also think smart front offices know how to maximize cap space. And the abs would maximize cap space by not rushing into making a move. So they're no,
2: no, but, but that's exactly my case. If Chris McFarlane goes out on January 2nd and makes a trade, that should tell you all you need to know about what they feel and where their panic level is at. I'm not saying they need to make one. I'm saying how soon he makes a trade will tell you how panicked they are. I don't think they're there yet. I absolutely don't think they're there yet because Hey, it's been a bad week. Oh, two and one. Two very winnable games. You know, you go into Arizona. I know the travel and everything, but that's not a good team. You want to beat them, and then you have a 4-2 to two lead. Two very winnable games that you end up with one point, and then you lose to the good team in Toronto. Um, but a good week changes that, too.
1: Yeah, and they, I, would- I mean, if you look at their next little schedule, they have Vegas, who's really good, um, but they're without Eichel. McKinnon is, I think this is, last game was McKinnon's first game back, but the next game is McKinnon's first game actually back, where yeah. he's, he's not knocking off rust. And yeah. then you've got a bunch of games against teams that are not bad by any means other than Chicago. They have Chicago, but very beatable. Vancouver, yeah. beatable. Edmonton, beatable. Chicago, beatable. Ottawa, yeah. beatable. Like mm-hmm. those, are, those are games that you can rattle off a few wins there and now you're sitting a lot prettier. But yeah. I think that, I mean, I, one of the things that I keep just thinking about is like if you go through this lineup, who if you like need a goal, Like, like their guys, their goal scorers who aren't even great players, but who like can score goals. Mike Hoffman is a goal scorer, you know, like he'll get you a goal. Um, The abs right now have two, maybe three goal scorers in their lineup. They have McKinnon, they have Brandon, maybe Evan Rodriguez, like Lackanen is a great player. He's not necessarily a goal scorer. JT Comfort has scored big goals, but he's not like a, a, a goal scorer, like 25, 30 goals a year guy. Um, so it's, and they're, they're really feeling the effects of that. Like they just don't have guys who can get them goals.
2: Landis Gog's a goal scorer. Natchushkin, when healthy is a goal scorer. Cause he didn't look really comfortable for those seven or eight games. No. And, uh, when healthy, he's a goal scorer. Uh, the big one for me, look, and, and <laughs> this is, this is coming from me who for years or for, you know, most of last season said, he's not having that good of a year but you're feeling the effects of Andre Burakovsky. That's a guy that does nothing but bring goals. I, I had said this uh, the previous years of the podcast before you came on last year, Peter, with JJ. Burakovsky was this generation, this golden era's avalanche version of Milan Hadouk. Hey because you had the Forsbergs, you had the Sackicks, you know, the Chris Drury's, you had all these guys that were great two-way players, electric players. And then you had Milan Hadouk hey that knew how to do nothing but put the puck in the net. And as soon as his career started to wind down, and JJ, you'll remember this, Milan Hadouk didn't get to end his career as a top six winger because as soon as he lost that ability to score, he was on the fourth line with Cody McLeod and Jay McClement because that's all he could do. But you had that secret weapon. You had all your star players, and then you had this secret Milan, hey, Duke guy that can score you the big goals. That's what Burakowski has been to this team for the last three seasons, entering this one. He was that guy that gave you nothing but a streaky goal scorer that you're like, hey, this guy's kind of not having a good year. And then you look at the stats. He's got 22 goals and 62 points, career numbers. And you're like, if this is what a bad season looks like for a streaky scorer, he did pretty good. So that's ultimately what they're going to need to go out for. Evan Rodriguez is a really good player, and I love what he's brought to this team. And I sometimes think because that dude was signed in the middle of September, where this team would be had they not used two million dollars on Evan Rodriguez in the middle of September, it wouldn't look pretty. But if you think back to what they had last year in Burakovsky, obviously with Kadri, with a healthy with a healthy Gabe Landeskog that gave you thirty goals in fifty-one regular season games, they need somebody that can finish scoring. You know, someone like you said, like a Mike Hoffman, like an Evgeny Dadanov, coincidentally both guys that play for Montreal, uh, someone like that, that can put the puck in the net to relieve the pressure off of the top guys. And maybe you do the same, you know, you, you combine the two together, you trade for someone like Bo Horvat, who was both a top six centerman, a top six forward. And puts the puck in the net is ultimately all he's able to do this year with that Vancouver team. Uh, or maybe it comes in separate parts. But last year they traded for like hard workers, the Lekanins, the Coglianos. This year ultimately they're gonna need to trade for guys that can score you goals and give you that effect that you lost with Berkey.
0: Would either of you say that this is the most pivotal trade deadline in recent memory? I oh, wouldn't be-
2: I, I wouldn't say most they pivotal, want a cup already. Yeah, last year it, was
1: the most pivotal.
2: The, yeah, last year was the most pivotal. It, it is important, but the big thing for me, and this is this is something that I've realized with the fan base that I think is just, you know, when you're not used to it, when you haven't been through this in the salary cap era, it starts to feel really shitty. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks won the cup in 2010, and then they lost Bufflin, Ladd, Versteeg, and in 2011, they were out in the first round. The Pittsburgh Penguins won the cup in 2009. In 2010, they were out to the eighth seed Montreal Canadiens. It happens. You have to recover from the fact that you lose players after you win a cup. But if you're a good team and you have Crosby and Malkin, if you're a good team and you have Kane and Taves and Keith, and if you're a good team like the abs and you have Makar, Miko and, and, and Nate, even if you take a step back for a year, and I'm not, I'm not by any means saying the season's over and they can't win the cup or they're going to lose in the first round. I'm just saying if something like that was to happen, you know, you have a good enough team to bounce back from that. You know, Eric Johnson's money's coming off McKinnon's new contract is kicking in. You might trade, you might lose JT comfort. You might trade a Sam Girard. You might move some things around where you're going to have another stint of another chance at another cup because you have that core in place. They're young, they're electric, they're great. And it happens. But what I'm kind of noticing from fans is like, I feel like a lot of people feel like, man, the avalanche really dropped the ball summer 2022 and lost too many guys. They got their cup and that's it. And I just don't think that's the
0: case.
1: I don't either. I, I mean, just go ahead. ahead. No, you good.
0: I just, I just think you know. Last year, it kind of felt like those trade deadline acquisitions were more just like boosters, almost insurance of I know we're already good. Let's just take it to the next level and really make sure that we're good and playoff ready. Where it feels like this trade deadline is necessary to keep them afloat, and it's it's almost a lifesaver that they need to throw themselves to really have a strong one here.
1: But the thing is, also, is that this year's trade deadline acquisitions are. Not only the players McFarlane and and could go out and get, but if things go to plan, the acquisitions, the Gabriel Landeskog, Josh Manson, Bowen Byron, like this team, if, if this team had two of those four guys healthy this whole year, that's probably another two, three wins in the standings. The whole tone of this conversation is yep. totally different. Absolutely. Um, And I'm not like using injuries as like a cop-out. Like this team isn't playing great right now by any means. They've also still like they're staying at the whole thing was always going to be, can they stay afloat while they're getting healthy? They made it through Nate's injury. Now they've, they've got to weather a little more with Val and, and these guys out. If they're going to come back in the near future, that's going to be a huge boost. If it takes longer, then maybe you get a little more nervous, but like, the, the deadline acquisitions to me are... This year's team can still look pretty similar to last year's team when all's said and done in the playoffs um, if they make the right moves. And obviously, it's not going to probably be as explosive. You're not going to have... You're going to have probably one fewer standout forward. But last year, they had seven forwards who were top six level guys. Um, this year, they're probably not. But that's... I don't think that's the end of the world. So we'll, we'll see. It, it just... It all is going to come down to health and staying afloat until they are healthy. And... Yeah, and,
2: and and the big thing for me is, look, I I don't think this team expected literally everybody that's been inserted in the lineup to give you nothing, and and I say the word nothing loosely. The fact that Martin Couts and and all those guys like nobody's done much of anything. Where you look at guys like Logan O'Connor and and Andrew Cogliano, they're still scoring at that ten to fifteen goal pace, which is what you expect from depth players. Darren Helm last year had seven goals in 68 games. So that's about a nine goal pace, nine goal pace over a full 82 games. So just by not having Darren Helm in the lineup, you've already lost four or five goals that have been replaced with guys that I think Martin Cow has three or two, and that might be the highest. He has one. Oh, wow. wow. Okay. Yeah. One Dryden hunt gave you one foodie. Nothing. Cal Burke. Nothing. Charles who don nothing. Um, jo- Jacob McDonald. Nothing. Curtis McDermott. Nothing like a lot of guys that you're missing from the lineup. Uh, or that, that are in the lineup that are not giving you anything. So even the depth players, like having Logan O'Connor, having Andrew Cogliano playing the role that they should be in having Darren Helm in the lineup, it starts to, again, like my favorite thing about the Stanley cup final last year is there wasn't a single passenger in any of those games like nobody. It wasn't, you know, 11 great forwards and and like no offense, like Curtis McDermott didn't play a game and play 5 minutes as an enforcer. Like there was nothing. The 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 12th best forward on the ice at any given time was who? Uh, Darren Helm, Cagliano, or uh, Abe Kubel, Hull. Sturm, but every single one of these names pitched in some way. Yeah. In they're, a all, all guys. they're all guys. They're all They're all they're all guys that should be in the lineup. When you look at the Avalanche lineup right now, not a lot of guys. And then the guys that are guys are playing in the top six when they should be in the bottom six are playing in the middle six when they should be on the bottom line. So on and so forth. So that's kind of, that's kind of the biggest issue. So like as things fall into place, the Darren Helm one is a big one. Like that will eliminate one depth forward from the lineup that will kind of push things into place a little bit better. If, or when Val is healthy, that's going to do the same thing. The defense, we're not talking enough about the defense. I know we keep talking about the forwards, but like, Missing your entire second pair. And I know it came one day after we sat there and and pumped the tires of Andreas Englund, Peter, you, me, and Bennett. Yeah. But Andreas Englund and Brad Hunt as your third pair, when you have a very strong top four is one thing, but Andreas Englund and Brad Hunt as your third pair, when you're missing Bo Byram and Josh Manson, which are two very crucial players. And now Eric Johnson's having to play almost 20 minutes a night. is a problem. Well, I mean,
1: that's what you saw with with England is England is he can be a stopgap. I personally like I don't my opinion of Andreas England didn't change because of that one. But what it did show is like if you're going to have Mitch Marner go head to head with Andreas England, Mitch Marner's going to win that matchup. Like he's not a guy you want out against elite guys.
2: But it it tells you all you need to know about where the avalanche are right now that you know, And I know the ice times are a little bit skewed because as you got closer to the end and the game out of reach, players weren't playing the minutes that they usually do. But EJ played 19 and a half minutes. Devon played 24 and a half. Kale played 25 and a half. Sam Jard played 23, 13. And despite those guys playing those kinds of minutes, there were still shifts with the Avalanche being the home team, with the fact that they had the last change. There were still shifts where Andreas Sengelin and Brad Hunt were getting pinned in by Marner and Matthews or by Tavares and Nylander. Because you just, you run out of options. Yeah, Bednar did all he could and still had to have a few shifts where he's like, all right, this is what I need to do because I can't go Kale Devon, Sam EJ, Kale Devard, Sam EJ, and just keep going back and forth. These guys are exhausted. They need a couple shifts off. And Toronto's obviously got, you know, rolling four lines. I think that was a great question you asked uh, Jared yesterday. Like, these good teams are able to roll four lines and they're all dangerous. And the Avalanche are here trying to roll two lines and two deep pairings. And neither of them are working right now. And then you have a goalie who's streaky, exhausted, playing eight straight games. Like the I Frankie, also think
1: we have to be careful saying he's exhausted. We don't know that because he yeah. he's coming off a holiday break.
2: That like, is true. That is he, true. Like
1: eight straight games is misleading. Because yeah. and 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 he's playing great going into the holiday yeah. break. And I'm and
2: not saying he feels excuses. good. I'm not, yeah, I'm yeah. not making excuses for him. He's he's just you know in this day and age, you don't see a straight start. So I guess it's, it's, it's wrong. Five straight starts and three straight starts. Yeah. (laughs) But what was the holiday break? Three days off. Like that happens in a regular season all the time, but regardless, I mean, it's, it's wrong for me to assume he's exhausted, but to say that they've had to ride this goalie eight straight games in a row. And he's a goalie who is streaky. He's a goalie who's his first time being a starter, not making excuses for him. I'm just saying that this is a guy who should be a one, a one B but doesn't have his 1B right now. We kind of saw it with Darcy Kemper last year, and he had to weather the storm until Frankie was able to come in and help out. Um, but you kind of put that all together, and what you're getting is, you know, exactly what you had yesterday. Andre Sengland is trying to defend against Mitch Marner, and Mitch Marner's making yeah. him look silly.
1: He's also, and that's the other thing with Giargiev, Is I think he's been not very good the last few games, but he's also getting hung out to dry. Like, the ABS are just yeah. bleeding chances right now. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, I mean, the the only goal I feel like you can look at and say like that was an atrocious goal allowed was the DJ Brody the Brody one yeah. from from the and point. that
2: was that was the nail in the coffin like yeah. it was the Avalanche were keeping it within two goals always bringing it back to one that one made it a five to two game and that was that was it like yeah. that was such a wild shot I don't know how that went in
0: I love how Giguere gets pulled and he just sits there keeps his mask on f- keeps all his, oh. his gloves we on were and everything. all looking at
2: him you can feel the steam <laughs> probably coming out of his ears from the press box you're like this guy looks like he's chill but you know he's sitting there just like.
0: Yes. But he, he
1: knew he messed up. I talked yeah. to him after the game and he knew he was like, Yeah, I should've yeah. had that. That's yeah. I wish yeah. I had that back.
0: Um, uh, but T- Toronto was fun to watch though, huh? Yeah. Toronto's so
1: fun. I mean, they were really good last year. Like I'm I picked them going into the season in the athletics thing. I, I think I picked them to make the cup final. And like I haven't really seen the only thing that has made me second guess that so far is Boston being unreal. Yeah. Like I think this is a legit. Uh, this they're a cup contender and i think what you saw last night was the difference between a cup contender and a team that's struggling to stay afloat
2: yeah and and my favorite part about the toronto maple leafs is in past years it was always and like i was part of this too like you can't win with that defense you can't win with that defense but now they've had stretches of their season well jake muzzin is pretty much guaranteed done for the year almost at this point uh they missed tj brody and morgan riley so riley muzzin and brody that's your top three blue liners for a large part of the season, but all their young guys have made that next step. Acquiring Connor Timmins, which I listened to a lot of Toronto radio, and everybody kept talking about Connor Timmins. Like, yeah, this is like the equivalent of the Avalanche getting Dennis Malgin. Yeah, he's good. He'll do his thing until they're healthy. And I'm just like, Connor Timmins, if he's healthy, is a full time NHLer and a damn good one. So they got a good pickup there. Rasmus Sandin, Timothy Liljegren, the signing of Mark Giordano for under a million dollars, golden golden pickup for them. Like. They actually look like a team that lost Game Seven two to one to the Tampa Lightning last year. That, with a do over with this roster, the way they're playing, could win that game, and then and they you know,
1: could have won that game. the The thing was they could have won that game t- too. They, they had the a thing they had with a them losing the Tampa off. last year was that if they didn't have the history of the Maple Leafs in the first round, they people it. would have looked at that series as like, wow, those were two awesome teams going yeah. at it. Like but the you Leafs, look at it, you look the at Leafs like might have been. blew it. Yeah, but because it's Toronto, it's yeah. they blew it. And but if they I mean they Vasilevsky made a huge save in overtime in game six, yeah, uh, that would have won Toronto the series. Like if that doesn't happen, Toronto is easily could have been in the cup final against the Avs. You can make a case that Toronto was as good as Tampa last year. Yeah. And Tampa kind of steamrolled through the rest of the playoffs after Tampa until they ran into the Avs.
2: Uh, yeah, because Florida was obviously their next one, and that was a little bit of a That was a sweep. Yeah, that that was, I mean, Florida season in general was kind of hoaxy after you watch how they played against Washington and all the three on three points they had. So they swept the heck out of them. And then the Rangers won two games and had zero answers after that. Like they really did. Like if Toronto wins, Toronto's probably making the cup final. I mean, it's the same thing in 2021. If Toronto doesn't blow a 3-1 to series lead to Montreal, who ends up going to the final, Toronto probably is in the final. 2019,
1: 3-1 lead to Boston. (laughs) Yeah.
2: 2019, 3-1 lead to Boston. Boston made the cup final. This is a really good team that's just losing... It's not that they're losing year over year because the Avalanche back in the day made the cup final in 96, 97, 99, 2000, all lost in the Western Conference finals. But that's the big thing. They made it to the Western Conference final before losing those last games, unable to get over the hump. Toronto is just that's happening in 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 the first round where you can look at all these years and say they're the second best team in the East any given year in the playoffs but they're losing in the first round to the best team. And that's a problem. So yeah, yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. And I look at Toronto this year and I mean, that's my dream Stanley cup scenario, Toronto versus Colorado uh, for personal reasons. And because those are two high flying teams, Tampa Bay is another one. So it was nice to see that last year, but you know, if the avalanche get healthy and become that high flying team, we know that would be a, an incredible Stanley cup final.
0: Could just be a product of the, uh, you know, the newer playoff format. But I don't know. I might have to put some money where my mouth is and put some. Uh, dollar bills on Toronto making the final because I, I liked what I saw from them. They're a good, fun team and, and they just have so much talent. And like Peter said, they just have a lot of weapons that, that can bury the puck. So if I were to put my money where my mouth is, I would do it at Superbook Sports. Add this to your New Year's resolution win money in 2023 with Superbook Sports. Superbook has over three decades of sports wagering experience in Las Vegas. So you'll get the best odds anywhere as we head into the football playoffs. Plus, Check out their special odd boosts and promotions at Superbook.com. Make 2023 the year when you win money from Vegas. Download the Superbook Sports app now and place your bets. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Let's just roll right back back into another ad read here with Total Beverage because everybody knows Total Beverage in Thornton and Westminster, right? Sure, Total Beverage has an incredible selection of beer, wine, and spirits, but did you know they deliver? Did you know they have curbside pickup available? And did you know they do online wine education classes? If not, it's time to get to know Total Beverage again. Stop by on 104th and Thornton or on Sheridan and Westminster and see for yourself. Or you can always find weekly deals, events, and even drink recipes online at TotalBev.com. Total Beverage, everything you need, and more. All right. Got that out. That was the longest I've talked all night, so I wasn't warmed up for that, I guess. But time to put a bow on 2022, right? I mean, it was a great year to cover the avalanche. Let's start. Before we get to the trivia portion of the show, which I put a lot of thought, I think we're going to have some fun with the 11 trivia questions here. I did 11 because I want to see who wins. Hopefully, we're tied going into that 11th question. But what were your three favorite moments from the year that was? And, of course, with the Stanley Cup involved, you know, I'm sure a lot of is going to circle around that. So try your hardest not to just focus in on the Stanley cup, but um, you know, what would you guys say? I guess who wants to go first? I can go first. Um, I'll start with something back in January
2: of 2022. Um, So I'll, I'll kind of keep mine in chronological order, not in terms of like memories, but it's probably going to fit that way anyway. Uh, The first one on my list was in January, the avalanche had a game in Detroit and you know, I don't know how many fans remember this, but we certainly remember this last year. There were not a lot of one on ones unless you were on the ro- on the road um, or you requested somebody. So I did a one on one with Darren Helm where I just did a basic q uh, and <laughs> I actually remember the day before I, I did the, the, the interview with Darren Helm in Detroit. Peter had wrote a story on Darren Helm. And like usual, I'm like, God, I hate when Peter writes a story about a player that I want to write about, because like. I mean, I'm a humble person, but I'm also well enough to know, like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take Darren How and be like, all right, I'm going to talk to Darren. I'm going to talk to a couple of his teammates. I'm going to talk to his wife and I'm gonna write this cool story. Peter's going to be like, all right, I'm going to fly to Ontario, talk to a fifth grade teacher about his dream <laughs> of being a hockey player. And I'm like, I can't, I can't compete with that. So I went with the Q and a, and, uh, talking to Darren was pretty cool because Darren's a very, he's like a shy reserved guy, very nice guy, but like, he kind of comes off as shy, not robotic, but just. He doesn't give you much. And in that interview, he gave me much because I got to ask him about coming back to Detroit, about what it felt like to play here. You can see the emotion in his face as he was answering the questions. I felt it more in that moment than I did during the Stanley Cup final with him. So that was really cool to write that, obviously, for personal reasons. And because Darren Helm really, you can tell he appreciated coming back there. And it was just a really cool interview to be a part of.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a good one. i uh we're just doing one at a time Eric. is that we're gonna do
1: yeah we'll do we'll do one at a time i'll I'll do do reverse chronological and i'll go I, i i mean going to finland was pretty pretty special and not something i ever would have like seen my career a direction i would have seen my career taking me in like two three years ago um and then i'm kind of in this like i'm in uh like small Finnish town, like 20 miles outside of Turku, Finland, like at Mika Rantnan's house in like the countryside and like meeting with his dad. And it was like, it, it, that was like a really cool, you know What I, I mean, was, yeah, sorry. see what I, was, I mean? Sorry. Hey, you asked me my favorite memories. I'm just trying to, you, <laughs> I know, wanted, I know, speci- I you wanted specifics. <laughs> I'm a humble um, guy. I know, <laughs> but that was uh, yeah, it was a cool a cool like it it was really cool to see his home see where he grew up see they have this shelf there um, where just like all sorts of of stuff from from his uh his childhood like all the medals he won as a little kid all the medals his sisters won playing floorball and the sports that they played and and all sorts of stuff so it was it was cool and and that that was definitely a a night i'll remember and then after that i went with with lakinen's dad to the the finnish um a finish League game between TPS and uh, Carpot. And that was, uh, yeah, just really cool to kind of like be around both families and let them kind of. I, I felt very humbled that they kind of w- were willing and excited to show me like parts of their lives.
0: Well, mine's not nearly as cool as that. I hope. The rest of yours aren't so cool. (laughs) No, actually, that's that's the great part of having you on this podcast, Peter. But I'm going to say the addition of Josh Manson. Right. And that very first press conference that we got to Mm -hmm. hear from him, not just because we we were all kind of taken back by like, wow, this guy is a great conversation and a a great addition to the team. But it really kind of felt like it was a, a great piece to the lineup that not many people really saw coming and you're like, all right, I can see how this fits. I can see how this is kind of going to turn this defensive group into, you know, a little meaner, a little tougher. And um, I think that was kind of the moment where I'm like, all right, the the avalanche are all in because that trade deadline, they made a big splash and, and getting uh, Josh Manson when we kind of thought that the defensive group was, was all right. Um, it was, it was kind of in a, in a decent position at the time. So I really liked when uh, Josh Mason joined the team and that first press conference, getting to hear from him.
2: That was, yeah, and he's a great quote conference. too. That we was... like
1: everyone like what he like, he knows he that like man. We're just like,
2: bring him back.
1: Yeah. That man knew how to win a press conference. He was, he was really good.
2: <laughs> I think after that press box if or after that press conference, if we ask him one more question about skiing or snowboarding, he's going to slap one of us. <laughs> that was a, <laughs> that was a funny
0: press conference. Is it me or does it feel like in the short time he's been here already, he's kind of matured both both like personally and physically like he's gotten a lot bigger, a lot more muscular. And he just seems to be, I don't know, a little bit more ad- adult, if you will.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know about the uh, the physical stuff. I, I you, I'm not good at noticing that. But I, I mean, I think like it's like corny, but I think winning yeah, helps people mature. Like, he also you know, became
2: a dad recently yeah. in the last year or so so that's something that's always going to change your mindset on life in general so uh was it the last year was it a year and a half Wasn't I that he second? had
1: his second kid yeah oh that
2: was a second okay then i'm yeah. completely off the off the rails there <laughs> uh he left anaheim in california so he's obviously going to be less of a party animal i'm just kidding um but yeah no i i definitely agree with that like he he you can actually see like winning does that to you like I don't know what it is. It's maybe it's uh, the combination of winning and signing that contract for four years on a winning team. That's going to, you know, be in the hunt for the next four seasons that he's here. If he's here for the whole contract where he's like, yeah, you know, it's time to really settle in and take on a bigger role.
1: And I mean, I think what's, what's really cool is if you look at the AVs, the three trade deadline acquisitions from last year that are still with the team, it's everyone, but Nico Sturm from, from last year's deadline, they feel like they have been on the team forever. Yeah. Like Cogliano, especially. Like that dude is like he's like the elder statesman of the room. Like <laughs> after a tough loss with Landiskog out, um, when you yep. just need like a player to talk about like what went wrong, where the team's at, what needs to change. The whole pack of reporters goes to Andrew Cogliano because he's that guy now. And mm-hmm. he's been there. And then sometimes I like thinking I've been it has been less than a calendar year. Yeah, it's been that he's been on this nine or team.
2: ten months, yeah. Yeah. And 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 there's a reason why he's wearing the A on his sweater, like yeah, it's it's, it's he's the biggest one, the one that you feel like has been here forever.
1: And then Lekkanen's playing on the top yeah. line, and so that makes someone feel like they've been there for a while. So, um, he's pretty much played like three years worth of ice time this year, so that'll do <laughs> it. And, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's a good one, JJ.
0: Thanks.
2: All right, so let's go to my number two. Um, I'm gonna fast forward from January all the way to June. Uh, the first June memory, uh, I'm going to go game four in Edmonton after the avalanche swept and we went down to have that press conference and Eric Johnson and Miko ran and came out and uh, I'll never forget like the the opposites in their faces. So the specific memory that I have is I asked Eric Johnson if, you know, being here since 2011, seeing what this team has gone through in 2011 and 2013 and 20. Uh, 15 and 16, and all the 2017, all of the weird downturns they've taken, I asked him if he felt this moment would ever come, that they would be able to not even win the Stanley Cup, just play for the Stanley Cup, like make a Stanley Cup final, get to have that patch on your jersey for seven games. And EJ started to answer the question and, like, it got really emotional, started to well up, his eyes turned red, a couple tears came out as he answered and said, I never thought this moment would come. I thought that moment right there – Kind of felt cool. Um, and this is where I can flex my muscles of saying that i i've I've watched this team for ten or eleven years, But like I remember the moment Eric Johnson was traded to the Avalanche. And it happened, if you remember JJ, at like two in the morning, three in the morning, Eastern time. I think the first tweet I saw was Adrian Dater. And then I saw, I think, uh, Bob McKenzie tweet it. It was literally at three in the morning. I was working at a gas station. I was 18 years old working a night shift. And remember seeing the Avalanche traded Shattenkirk and Stewart and got EJ in this trade. And then being able to see all the things he's been through from the Jan Heda era to the Francois Beauchemin era to what became like him playing with Patrick Weirkosh and all these players to in that moment, see him kind of talk about that really made me appreciate it. Not, not just like, you know, as someone who was a big Avalanche fan, but just like as a human to see like this guy's been here for 11 years and has overcome so much for this one moment that when he answered that question, you can tell that his brain went back 11, 11 years too, and kind of like all in that one moment.
1: Yeah, that was a great answer and great question. And th- all those press conferences were really cool. And I do think that there is like an underrated, like there's the, like <clears throat> there's players who like haven't won a cup, but you're at least like, at least they got to play for one, you know? Yeah. Like you look at even like Joe Thornton, like he's at least was in, in those games. Cause I think he was on the San Jose team that played in 2016. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I do think that like that win obviously does not matter as much as winning the cup but it means a lot like that means you're playing in the stanley cup final so that was that was really cool landis guy got some great answers that night too and and then real um, quick the
2: reason why i mentioned miko Ranton is because he was sitting by ej if you go back onto my twitter any video and and find ej answering that question miko ran is in the background with just like this straight like rbf just deadpanning the camera i don't know why but it was just like the opposites in their faces was hilarious
1: yeah yeah um I guess for my number two, I'll continue to be obnoxious and talk about traveling. <laughs> I but love I'll, it. I'll <laughs> Why we I, the, I went to Halifax for Nathan McKinnon's cup day and I just loved that city, like an unreal place, especially I went at the perfect time of year. The weather was cool. I love water. Like water is very much my, like I'm a Midwesterner who grew up on, on a river and went to lakes and stuff. So, so being on a Harbor where there's just water all around you felt awesome. I loved it. And, um, and seeing how happy McKinnon was, was pretty eye-opening just of like, it was, this is a guy who works so hard and too hard maybe, and like yeah. pushes himself and others to like really high levels. And and it's seeing how happy he was, like h- hearing his best friend, like I talked to him and he was like, I've never seen him this happy. And that was like pretty eye-opening to me to like, be there for like that moment in his life, and it was it was pretty cool, and just to see the people who came out and talked to Landeskog and Crosby, and like the guys who, who were there to Cogliano was there to to come out and support him, and um, yeah, it it was really special and a great city and a, a really memorable uh couple of days for me.
2: Well, I was actually going to ask about that. It was Cogliano and Landeskog that came out, right?
1: Yeah, and then at like, and I think that at some he had Nate had like a party at his house, like that i did not attend the night before his cup day like when the cup the cup flew out a, that night or like and so he got had it that evening and i think he had some some other like no abs teammates but like graves who like a lot of the nova scotia guys who are from there um, so
2: so so landis gog makes sense um this might you know answer the question we had earlier about him being the elder statesman but Andrew Cogliano's from Toronto. What brought him to that party? Was that just a veteran saying, I want to be part of this?
1: Well, and Nate, he and Nate have known each other for a while. Like Nate at the, mm. at the deadline, like Sackic asked Nate about Cogliano and Nate was like, you should get this guy. Like,
2: I don't remember he, that.
1: Yeah. or I, I don't
2: remember the connection there. What was the connection?
1: I think they've trained together. Like like uh, mm. Cogliano. I think Cogliano might don't quote me on this. I mean, I guess it's going on a podcast so <laughs> on it. but do listeners double check me on this but i think andrew cogliano works or has worked with andy o'brien who is uh, okay. crosby and yeah. mckinnon's trainer um let me look that up so like that would he, make
2: sense given how jacked that cogliano guy is yeah
1: he uh he 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 has worked for andy o'brien i just look it up so like he had gone out to halifax in the past like there's some connection there and then i think it was probably just like landis yeah. was going he and nate were they have, they're kind of wired wired similarly um, in terms of their work ethics. So I think they kind of gravitated to each other when they were on the team. Um, I think he's someone Nate really respects and trusts and, and I'm sure everyone on the team was invited, but that's probably getting from Toronto to there is easier than some places. So
2: yeah, makes sense. I mean, I was just curious what it was. But I mean, hey, it, it also shows how great of a teammate having someone like Cagliano is because he's from Ontario. I mean, I think earlier I said Helm was from Ontario. He's from Manitoba, but like he he's from, from Ontario. Canada. And yeah, and the fact that he went out there, see, you would know you probably found his fifth grade teacher. You know, <laughs> I've <have> not <laughs> talked to Darren Helm's <laughs> fifth grade teacher. <laughs> okay, sure. Just uh, his seventh yet, grade, yet. teacher. You, ha- you haven't. I'm yet. kidding. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like it just goes to show how great Cagliano is. Uh, anyways, JJ?
0: yeah i'll get to my second i'll make it my last one just for the sake of time we got to get to this trivia portion here but just uh you know after game six of the stanley cup final of course, you two nerds and reporters went and did your reporter thing and stayed in the arena under the tunnels and were writing things till 1 a.m i said screw that i'm gonna go find this party and i'm gonna get my ass in there and i snuck into the abs party and uh spent the rest of the evening celebrating with the team and um i mean the stories that i have from there are gonna kind of stay with me, but, um, what better way to, to cap off the year of of getting some bud lights on, on Stan Kroenke. Yeah. I, uh,
2: some legendary photos came out of that night, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, no, that's a good one. Uh, for my third one, I'm going to go to that exact same day, June 26th, when the avalanche won the Stanley cup, um, on the ice obviously recorded a video, but a lot of people recorded, I think two others were there too. Luke Fox, and uh i want to say chris johnston but found nazim kadri and was there when his mom and his dad kind of embraced and had this moment with him and then his wife came and joined that embrace watching the naz the the, not the the naz family the kadri family (laughs) have that moment on the ice and it was probably the same for a lot of other families um you know if if you were there when Gabe Landeskog embraced his parents i got to see Gabe Landeskog embrace Miko's family which was really cool um but to see that moment of the Kadri family all hug it out and get super emotional there were tears up and down their faces uh was really cool for personal reasons and just for the fact that it's so i don't care if it was freaking Ryan Murray who didn't play a game in the Stanley Cup if you're there for any of these moments for any professional athlete, NHL player, the moment they win a cup to embrace with their wife and their family. And you know, if they have kids or whoever, it is such an Epic moment. It's raw emotion. It's the first time they see each other after that cup was won. That was by far my memory of 2022.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think I would, I'm not going to use the on ice because air kind of covered it. I mean, you see those moments and it's really special, whether it's, nathan mckinnon who's the superstar or it's darcy kemper who's the starting goalie or it's nico Sturm, who's a fourth liner and it it, it was special jack to johnson, it. Was jack, so johnson cool was, jack johnson he was, was so i talked great. to like multiple people who were like of all the so players jack johnson him. was the happiest person on so happy for him yeah. he
2: was just everything about that man was just so just a humble man and all around and then, and then to see him on the ice afterward, you just, you, you could not feel happier for a guy.
1: Totally. Um, and then I'll go with my, uh, with my last one, I wrote a book. Um, so I was proud of that and, um, definitely something I, um, I guess was one of my goals, like to, to do at some point And I, I was happy I had the opportunity so that, um, Hopefully it won't be the last one. It's definitely, it might be the last one for a little bit. It, it warped mm-hmm. me of some energy, but it, uh, um, yeah, I think that's something I'll remember from twenty twenty two.
2: I cannot wait to read. I was supposed to read it Christmas day, but I instead watched football all day. Thanks. NFL. But <laughs> uh, Hopefully on my flight next week, I got a couple of flights coming up in this month, uh, including an avalanche road trip. So hopefully I'll, I'll get it done on an airplane somewhere, but. I'm excited to read that you gave me a little snippet of something Val Nichushkin related, which I'll let people read and find out. But I'm just so excited to get into this book.
0: I'm sure that bad boy is crushing it in the sales. So good work <laughs> hopefully, <on the> book. <laughs> um. All right, this is the part we were all waiting for: the 2022 trivia, guys. Keep in mind. Um, we're going to work on a one point basis. Some of these questions have three points involved in them. So era first, Peter, this is all going to be regular season related. So all of these stats are coming
2: January 1st to December 31st, 2022. So it'll combine last season and this season,
0: regular season games. Exactly. So starting with number one, this one's kind of a low hanging fruit, but I wanted to start off a little bit easy. Connor McDavid had the most points in 2022 regular season play with 143. <laughs> who was second
1: should we say it at the the same time or how, how do we do it
2: we'll do one at a time you start first i'll go second i have i have two or three names in my head that i'm
0: choosing between so I'll wait so are, we're gonna flip flop who yeah, goes we'll we'll first you flip-flop.
1: go first on this one because i think i, know it. I don't want to <laughs> give you the answer uh okay so
2: I'll keep score. All right. I'm going to make this decision right now together. The three names that are coming to mind for me are Mitch Marner, Johnny Goudreau and Matthew Kachuk, because those are three guys that all had a hundred points last year and all have a lot of points this year. The thing is Marner had a slower ish end to last season. Goudreau is a point per game this year, but Kachuk is on fire this year. And I know that that Calgary line was so good last year. So it's, it's either Goudreau or Kachuk. Um, Give me a sec. You don't have a sec. I'm gonna you say have... I'm gonna say Matthew Kachuk because he has more points this year, and they probably had the same amount of points last
1: year. It's Leon Drysider. Oh fuck! I didn't even think of him.
0: <laughs> I have it as Matthew Kachuk, 121 oh, yeah. points. Who is third? I don't know. I do have Miko at 12th with 107.
2: Matthew Kachuk was second.
0: Yep.
1: So it wasn't Drysider. Wow.
0: Correct.
2: So I it. did not even think of dry saddle. I am such an idiot. always gets the point. I All can't right. believe that. I'm not, I thought dry it was title. I thought it, I, I almost want to search it, but I don't want to, I'm going to search that at the end of this. I, I, I almost was like, for sure it's Mitch Marner, but I, I knew they started, they had a slow ending last year and he's only a little over a point per game this year. Johnny Goudreau a point per game this year and was hot last year, but Matthew Kachuk is hot this year. I
0: was sure. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I mean, who, there's a you have the, that I had you a have problem the game, navigating the NHL game played.
2: Well, the thing is, if you remember, Peter, last year Leon and Connor both had like 60 points in 30 games, and then only, and I use only loosely ended with, like 110, 115. So like technically, Dry Saddle was like a point per game for the last 45, 50 points of the year. 50 games How many
1: year. did you say Kachuk finished with?
0: 121.
1: Yeah. I have I didn't look on the NHL site, I just looked through the game logs, but Dry had like 116. So yeah, wow. Just a little, little behind. Yeah.
2: But that's the thing. Like, even if I remembered him, I probably wouldn't have picked him because again, McDavid and dry were kind of a point per game for like the last 40 points, 40 games of the regular season. But the Calgary line progressively got yeah. better where I think they each had like 60 points in their last 40 games. Like that was the best line in the NHL last year.
0: Yeah. On to question right. two, Peter, you go first here. Okay. Only two defensemen in the top 50 um, in points. That's Kale McCarr and Roman Yossi. Which one leads the other in points, and could you take a stab at where they rank?
1: In the calendar year of 2022, uh, I think Yossi leads. He went on a heater in, I don't know what what month it was, but there was one month where he just, like, went on an absolute heater. Um, So I'm going to say him, and I'm going to say he's 28th. So I
2: also have Roman Yossi because – I honestly don't know what his numbers look like this year, but Kale McCar's right around a point per game. I think one game below a point per game, and I would assume Yossi is similar to that, plus the fact that he had that heater last year. So here's what we'll say, JJ. Whoever gets closer to where he is in the standings, will get the point here. I like it. Peter said 28. I'm going to say... I'm going to say 21.
0: All right, and I guess Arif gets the point. Roman Yossi, 23rd. With oh. 95 points, Kale McCarr 24th with 94 points, literally Ooh. Ooh. one point behind them. And they are the only two defensemen in the top 50. And they're Nashville, neck and neck play yesterday because
2: Kale didn't have a point in his last game. I wonder if, if Roman did. That's here's, why. The,
0: here's the real difference that stood out to me in plus minus, Roman Yossi is plus one during that same time frame, Kale McCarr plus 45. Yeah, playing for the ads will do that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's, yeah, hey,
2: that's wild. So there was. So a I chance... have a,
0: I have a hole. I'm You're in I'm a hole. There will be some makeup questions though with three points. Where three that, points, that, That's wild. That
2: in. there was a chance if Roman Yosi was one point fewer, there was a chance that you just asked that question and it was a tie, and it would have just put us
0: into a swirl. Yep, and indeed. Um. So sticking with plus minus, we're gonna go nice and easy. Arif, who had the best plus minus in the year 2022 regular season?
2: Miko Rantanen.
0: I think he's up there this year, right?
2: Um, I said that way too quick. Who's the guy that's way up there with the? (laughs) I'll I'll go. Fuck! I already said Miko. Okay, we're going Miko Rantanen.
1: I'm trying to think of who ended the year well. Um... I don't
2: even remember who won the last regular season
1: in it one of the flames did
2: oh fuck was um, a
1: plus six this year
2: oh that's right nah me a plus six five. who won the avalanche is like a plus 20 someone i thought it was him
0: i'm gonna say lindholm elias uh, lindholm. it's a good guess you were close you were on the right track with the flames but it's is actually it kachok yep Damn, exactly that guy right. had
2: a year it's the a reason why he 49. was traded
0: traded for Uyghur and
1: yeah and i was goudreau. debating i knew it wasn't goudreau i knew it was someone on that line JJ, I, I, don't,
2: I don't want to pull up the Avalanche Stats page. Pull up their page and let me know who's leading them this year. Eric thought, Johnson. Oh, okay.
1: Or he was at least a few days ago. Hmm. He had a couple minus games, though. So. Why did
2: I feel like there was a forward on the Avs this year that was like a plus 15, and why no. would I, I think it was Miko?
1: There isn't. Yeesh.
2: I know Miko was a minus three yesterday, so that didn't help.
0: All right, Peter, here's the one you've been waiting for. This is a three-point question. And and you nobody nobody go got first. points there, right? Nobody got points okay. on that one.
1: Do I get a half point? No, no, I don't. I, don't. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I would have asked to. All right. We're looking at power play goals here. All right. One point for each one. Correct. Who were the top three players in power play goals during the 2022 calendar year? We'll should, we r- should
1: we write it down so that we we can, so that we don't, aren't based with each other? We yeah. can put it in
2: the chat at idea. the same time. Actually, no, no, no. Write it,
1: write it on a, do you have a paper by you? don't
0: <laughs> know. I wish I had the Jeopardy music queued up. Um, All I've got is Feeding the Ducks. I'll play Feeding the Ducks. It is Mile High Sports envelope. That's what I'm going to use.
2: Hey, Feeding the Ducks. Top three power play goals. I'm going to say this guy. I'm going to say this guy. And I'm going to
0: say. This, this music is killing me. This music is actually great. This is a, a major chance for a swing here, guys. Three. Do I need
1: to have the order of no. them? No, or... just okay. w-
0: whatever the top three are. All right. I have my All right. three. So do I. All right, Peter, you
2: go first. Uh, show them up. Uh, show them up at the camera as you read them.
1: Ovechkin, Matthews, McDavid.
2: Why do I keep forgetting about the damn Edmonton guys <laughs> and Matthews? I got Ovechkin, Rantanen, and Kachuk, and Kachuk was simply because
0: we keep talking about him. Wow. Neither of you got any of them. <laughs> Holy cow. I'm going dry sidle at 24. Kirill Kaprasov, 22. Uh, David Pasternak at 21. Miko Rantanen is 21st with 13.
1: He hasn't had many this year.
0: I'm going to
2: stop picking Miko for anything ever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we're still two to zero. Two
2: to questions. zero.
0: Eric in the lead. Here we go to the fifth question. Who leads the league in time on ice per game? Oh,
1: for the calendar
0: year, for the calendar year, regular season only was the defenseman that played a lot of minutes. So
1: wait, there's, is there a games played minimum?
0: <clears throat> I guess time on ice per games played. Yeah, we'll call it 20. Okay. That It, it, it won't the, matter. I'll just ma- tell make, you that.
2: Okay. Make it a bigger now. So it's someone who's a regular.
0: Yes. Okay. That's all we need to know.
2: Um, oh, Frank, whose turn is it to go first? I think oh. it's my turn. It's your turn. I really want to say Kale because of this year. Uh, who's a defenseman on a team that plays a lot? <laughs> I, I wish I, I, wish I would say him, but I'm gonna switch it up. Adam Fox, New York Rangers.
1: If, if I, so it's Drew Doughty, I think.
2: Oh, that's but I nice. didn't
1: know because of the games played because he missed time at the end of last year. But I know he's second on time on ice this year to Kale, and he plays a lot. Yeah. it's either him or thomas shabbat i'm gonna go dowdy
0: guys it's kale mccarr 26 oh, 37 oh. drew dowdy was second
2: why did i have to go to fox <laughs> for no reason i was trying to remove the Avalanche bias Ranton and fucked me twice
0: we're gonna keep the feeding the ducks music playing i like it um all right on to question six two nothing I hope, I hope I didn't make these too hard. Sorry, <laughs> guys. like
2: every Avalanche win. I'm really o one and
1: 0 though. Or I'm really o one and All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Watch for the,
0: yeah. Hopefully, we'll see if it comes down to, to a tie This break. is my redemption for the snake draft. All right. We um, talked about Georgiev being tired early in the episode tonight, right? So which goalie has seen the most amount of games played in the 2022 calendar year? I'm so happy you said games played and not shots.
2: Who's a goalie that's been written? Oh, this one should be easy. Go, Peter, you
0: start. <laughs> it's your turn.
1: Playoffs included or not included?
0: Only regular season.
1: I'll go Shesterkin.
2: I was gonna say him, but last second, I was switching it up, Connor
0: Hellebuck. Ding 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 air with a third point. Connor Hellebuck. I do
2: remember Georgie had that like 11 one one stretch the end last year. I know he played a lot in March and February. Hellebuck, Hellebuck was Hellebuck's never had a backup.
0: 70 games played, 36, 27, and 7 in that stretch with a 0.916 and 2.8 goals against UC Sarah. He was a close second with 69.
2: He, that's a good one too. He was he was bad last year too, so that's a lot of that is this year's good numbers.
0: All right, three nothing. Arif taking a, a lead. You still have three more three point questions, Peter. So don't don't be sad.
1: I'm a little sad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think I made these a little bit hard. Um, they're they're fun because they're like there's and not it's much. really
1: three to one because I really got a point
0: on. All right, we'll give you a point. Three to one.
2: No 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 no. no. We're well, giving you, him one. Who did he pick? He picked the other Calgary
1: guy. No no no. We each got Yosi over Makar. Oh okay
2: okay yeah 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 no that's true okay yeah three one.
0: All right, sticking with goalies here. Question number seven. Which goalie has had the most shutouts in the calendar year of 2022? Ooh,
2: I know who I'm going to say.
1: Well, you're going first.
2: Oh, shit. I am going first. Um, the Avalanche didn't get their first shutout till January last year. And Darcy had five last year. And I know this because I looked at his stats yesterday. And he already has three this year. So I'm going to say Kemper's eight.
1: Well, that logic makes—I wouldn't have said that—but that, but that <laughs> logic makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um,
2: I was just looking at his stats page yesterday. By the way, Kemper's a 9.20 this year, even though he's 10-9 and 3. The Capitals are hanging him out to dry.
1: Fuck it, Darcy. I'll go Darcy.
0: Oh, it's a tie. Darcy Kemper is the yes. right. It's her. I'm going. I wouldn't oh, have he- said that, Eric.
1: You explained your logic too well.
2: If you were going first, I would have gotten the single point there. Would
1: have, <laughs> I, I would have said Vasilevsky. Yeah.
0: Sorokin right behind him with seven. Ooh. Question number eight. This one's another three-pointer, guys. Name name the three teams with the most goals for per game. The three teams with the most goals for per game. Okay. We're going to take this to the writing again. So enjoy feeding the ducks, which is the title of this song, of course. I should put on my sexy DJ voice. Hey, everybody! <laughs> We're listening to feeding the ducks right here on the Hockey Mountain High podcast. Uh, Stick around for question number nine. I, I see who my, gets the lead.
1: I need one more
2: team. <laughs> um, I really want to say the ABS, but I know they've been kind of... Oh, I got an idea for the third one.
0: Yeah, who? Peter goes uh, first
2: here, right? Shout out! Shout out to the Eastern Conference, but we both show them.
1: Panthers, Leafs, Bruins.
2: Oh, Boston, Toronto, Florida. <laughs> you see that, right? I'm not lying. Aye, okay.
0: aye. You All right, so you both get two. Okay. The answer is Florida.
1: Wait, 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 should you tell us the two that are right, and then we each get one more guess at the third? That's a good idea.
0: Show so me your Florida, list again.
2: Boston, Toronto, Florida. We both
0: okay. Have... The two that are correct are Florida at number one, mm-hmm. Toronto at number two.
2: All right, let's try Should them we down. say the third? No, no, write, we... write them down and show them at the same time. We're either each getting one or each getting none or each, whatever. Okay. Um,
1: All right. Gotta hurry. Mm. We, we gotta I hurry. Expect. Time's crunching,
2: okay. time's crunching. Okay. Oh! There we go. I got it. Ready?
1: Oilers.
0: Colorado. Neither of you get it right. Tampa Bay. Oh, I
2: almost said Tampa. I switched it. See? That that right there, that scribble, that's a T for Tampa. <laughs> I had abs, and
1: then I was like, oh, the Oilers.
0: All right, I'm giving you two points each. Six okay. to three right now. Six to four. Six to four. It was
2: four to two, and
0: then six to four. All right,
1: yeah. six to four. But Arif has the tiebreaker.
0: So with that, which three teams are the f- have allowed the fewest goals against?
2: Have allowed the... Oh, not scored the fewest. Allowed the fewest.
0: Allowed the fewest goals against. Okay. Mm. Wow. <laughs> I hope everybody's enjoying this. I don't know.
2: This is so fun. <laughs> I am having a <laughs> blast. <laughs>
0: um, number three. Yeah. You guys, ready? Yeah.
1: No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm... <sighs>
2: the ducks have been fed.
0: Should I change up the tune? you got another one, all right, we're we'll going with this one called Night Driving. I don't know what kind of inspiration Night Driving could bring, but here I
1: is. don't. I don't like my answers. Nothing I think I'm lying. All right,
0: ready?
2: All right, Colorado, Colorado, Boston, Rangers.
1: I have Colorado, Boston, and the Islanders.
2: I almost went Islanders.
0: Arif gets two. Peter gets one. The answer is Boston, New York, followed by Carolina.
2: Man, oh! Colorado really. Oh, that's a good one. Colorado really dropped the ball this year on the 22 stuff.
0: <laughs> this, Yeah, you're not lying. When I was going through a lot of the NHL stats, the 2022 is, is just absolutely bringing the avalanche down. They're right around the middle it's of, of these the pack and a lot two, of things. Months, yeah. Well, all right, we got guys. The one
2: cup in 22. So they're good. We're winding so, down. We have two more questions six, four, here. Eight, five now.
0: I've got eight, five, two questions. One of them's a three pointer. So, number 10, Curtis McDermott leaves the Colorado Avalanche in penalty minutes with 87 minutes in 2022. Who was second?
1: On the abs or?
0: Oh. On the abs.
1: I know that's one of the things. I don't even know where to go. (sighs) Fuck. Peter's about to get a point.
0: He deserves one. We want to make this tight. I'm ready. All
1: right. Oh shit. Arif's Landis turn God. to go first.
2: Ah, oh, shit. It's not that guy either. He's a not play here anymore. Um,
0: <laughs> um, I don't know why I was ready. It's not Cody out. McLeod. Well, oh.
2: Oh, I was first going to say Landeskog, but he missed a chunk of the season. And then I was going to say Kadri, but he's not here. So I'm going to go ahead and say the king of two-minute minors, Miko
1: Rantanen. <laughs> I'm going to say Josh Manson. <laughs>
0: Arif is on fire. No tonight. way. Miko <laughs> Rantanen with sixty six. Finally, finally came followed up by me. Nathan McKinnon with fifty six, and then Josh Manson. Peter,
1: man, if he was here the first two months of the year, I'd be. Amazing.
0: Yeah, that's a
2: thing. I wonder what Kadri's numbers were to close out the year before going to Calgary because he probably had more than sixty six.
0: All right, guys, this one's a fun one. I made it the eleventh one, a little kind of a bonus. I was hoping it was tied. To make it that more exciting, it's nine nine five. This one's sticking with the Colorado Avalanche. Most shootout goals in Colorado Avalanche history. Give me the top three. Oh, Peter's got no chance. Ever, <laughs> ever worth Fuck. one point each. I think you can. I think you can do it, Peter.
2: I know two of them. <laughs> you already know them. God damn it! I don't know if I know them, but like I'm making good educated guesses on two of them.
0: I got to make this a little more. Peter friendly I guess I don't know why you're having such soon, an easy time
2: soon as you go with the history well I mean I thought he would do better with the season but as soon as you go to the history I mean that's, that's I got it.
0: thrown off when Lindholm
1: was wrong and it just messed me up <laughs> all right I have three there so do I. I'll probably get two and Eric will get all three I'll
2: probably get two as well who do you got
1: um Sackic, Forsberg McKinnon
2: Forsberg wasn't here for shootouts. You can re- you can replace that one.
1: Wait, they when did shootouts start?
2: Oh, after the 05 lockout. So Sackett was only here 06, 7, 08. Ah, oh, shit. And then injured in nine. So no, redo redo yours.
1: I saw one? I saw one name on yours, so I, I won't use that one.
0: If I had more Avalanche centric questions from the last three years, I bet you Peter would have smoked you. No, he would. I, look, a lot
2: of these questions are straight up. Like,
0: There's just air of questions.
2: No, 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 no. A lot of these questions, like Miko Rantanen, I just. Threw shit at the wall with him getting a lot of minors. I should have gotten Cam educated Cowboy guesses, I guess. Yeah,
1: I, I'm copying one of Arif's answers that I saw, but we And O'Reilly ranting in.
2: So, O'Reilly's the one that I didn't know much about. I got Volsky, Hey Duke, and uh, O'Reilly. <laughs> where is it? Because I haven't
1: even heard of Volsky.
2: Wojtek Volsky had a season where he was like nine for 12 or some crazy ass number.
0: Arif, you did it. All three, no, Milan Hey Duke, number one at 25. Yeah. Would Wojtek Volski number yep. two at 18. Matt Duchesne. Oh,
2: Duchesne had more than Ryan. Was
0: actually tied with Wojtek Volsky for second at also 18. McKinnon I mean, uh, tied for, tied with Svatos for 12th. Oh, Svatos. Oh man. With twelve. I mean, sorry.
2: Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna find the video. There's a video of like, was it what season was that? Volski went nine for his first nine and then ended like nine for twelve or something. And he's just scored the sickest shootout goal one after 2010, maybe 2011. Do you remember? No. Do you remember him even having that kind of a year? Not really, no. Okay, I'll find it and I'll send it to both of you guys. I'll I'll, I'll tweet it out.
0: One last fun fact. Based off percentages alone and current players, your shootout order, Rantanen should be first. He is 36.8%. He's only taken 19. McKinnon second. Thirty-four, Erod, Gabe Landeskog, thirty percent. I think it, I, I'm. I'm wondering if it's in an avalanche sweater or if it's just career.
1: And Erod probably there's probably like a minimum. Like I'm sure there's some who have like a hundred percent, but I've only done one or something. Wow.
2: Here is an article: Lethal Shootout Artist by Brendan McNicholas, May eight two thousand and nine. He is simply stated stated the NHL's most lethal shootout artist. <sighs> The Avalanche forward is 17 for 26 in his career. Uh, but in this one particular season, uh, he set an NHL record, which maybe has been beaten by then, with 10 shootout goals and 12 tries. It was the freaking 08-09 season when the Avalanche sucked and drafted Duchesne and O'Reilly, and he was 10 for 12. I can't believe I remember that. Anyways, go on.
0: I think <laughs> that's where we need to leave it. <laughs> this is dragging on Peter. Sorry.
2: All right you want by a
1: lot more then. did you ask me something i didn't hear i did you know I, I just said sorry oh i that's okay Arif, <laughs> Arif is a wise man i get it um but i'll be back i'll be studying I'll oh be
0: yeah back. we'll have some revenge for sure you continue to talk to fifth grade teachers i'll just be <laughs> yeah. <You're> winning the <laughs> yeah. trivias <laughs>
1: yeah if you ask me like a player's like hometown fun fact or something i got I yeah, you
0: Maybe nice next time we can have the, uh, the, the listeners write the trivia questions. Oh, that'll Ooh. be fun. That'll be fun. But the,
2: if just you can't go too much into history because it's not fair to Peter. Like,
1: No, but I, I should I should study up on my app's history. So that's, that's fine.
0: That was fine well, it, it doesn't help that you were only alive for half of it, Peter.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's only a cogniz- few years. Cognizant. I was uh, cognizant. <laughs> I, I was alive for everything except 95, 96 Insane. insane. (laughs) And the first half of 96. 96.
0: I know. I'm suddenly the old guy (laughs) in in the press box Ryan Bolding. Yeah, you and and Ryan
2: Bolding, the two guys with a radio show. I don't know if anybody knows what radio (laughs) is anymore, but it's what we used to listen to before podcasts.
0: Uh, All right, guys, let's get out of here. This is a long one. Thanks for hanging out with the trivia. I hope you guys like it. I hope the listeners like it. Don't forget to check out Superbook Sports and Total Beverage in Thornton and Westminster. If you made it this far in the podcast, bless your pretty little hearts. Let's make hockey for everyone. We out, you.